0: Uh, hey patrons if you were a patron I, before October 31st at any point make sure to fill out the survey in your patron messages uh, so you can uh, get your name in the time capsule uh, just make sure you're logged in go to sleep slash slash patreon.com sleep with me make sure you're logged in you'll see it in your messages there's a survey you can add your first name or nickname to it uh, to the sur- to the um yeah to the time capsule uh, if you have any problems, just send me a message through that same right through Patreon and uh, I'll, I'll help you figure it out. Thanks. Uh ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. And hey, my patron peeps. What's up patrons? So let me tuck you in there a little bit more, huh? Oh no, unto okay, untuck you, I got it. Uh I'm like Tuck Finn. Uh er yeah. Tuck fin? I don't know what the fin part would be. If you have a fin, though, I'll tuck it in. That's why they call me tuck fin or untuck fin. Uh, tuck uh, everlasting, except when you need me to untuck you. It's time for Sleep With Me, Patrons, a podcast you support make possible. Uh, sleep with me. Uh, thanks, and uh, what do you say we get on with the show? Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind-racing, Trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn off the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts you're thinking about, you know, things on your mind. Maybe they're from the past, uh, present, or future. Whatever, you you know, think, things you're thinking about. It could be emotions, uh, feelings that are coming up for you. You know, remnants or anticipated, you know, what do you say, anticipatory ones. It, it could be physical sensations, changes in time or temperature or schedule or routine. Holy moly. I don't know if there's a song about, it. like, maybe there should be, is there an old country song like, Don't Mess With My Routine, Man? Uh, I guess, like, is that what don't fence, I guess a routine people say routines fence me in. And I would say, I would sing don't fence me in, but I would r- r- really mean, uh, you know, don't remove the fence that is my routine, Anyway, if you're new, that's not making a lot of sense. So whatever's keeping you awake, thoughts, feelings, physical sensations, whatever it is, uh, I'm here to help. What I'm going to do is I'm going to create this uh, safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you up, right? There's plenty of space here, plenty of room. It, it's it's really nice. We just uh, We just redid a couple of areas in the safe place. Uh, we actually, you could choose, uh, ru- you know, routine, not routine, metaphorically not routine or routine, um, you know, not sure. We have all of those uh, options if, if you like. And, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep dark night. I'm going to use a lulling. I'm gonna use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Holy cow! Yeah, I'm gonna go off topic. Uh, you know, won't like uh, get to the point, or you know, maybe I'll, uh, you know, maybe I'll eventually get back to the point. Uh, also, ums and ahs and uhs, ers, uh, all those things. Yeah, but what I'm really here to do is to keep you company while you drift off. So here's a, let's see. here's a couple of things. So, so if you're new, one, I'm glad you're here. And I really hope I can help you fall asleep. Uh, now if you, a couple of things I'd like you to know, like structurally what to expect is the show starts off with a few minutes of business and that's how we keep the podcast free for everybody. Uh, then there's an intro. And this, if you're new, this could really throw you off. Uh, so I why, want why, why to get you comfortable. So the intro is around 12 to 18 minutes of me. Just kind of, initially it would seem like I'm just talking without a point or I'm just talking about the podcast or I'm really not making any sense. And I'd say, yeah, all of those are true. But the intro is, like, I mean, it is a long-winded way of me. Uh, setting up the, the show, but it's also like a cool down or a warm up. I guess it's a little bit of both uh, to allow you to get ready for bed, to to ease you into bedtime and either to put you to sleep or to set the stage uh, for you falling asleep. Now you can, if, once you become a regular listener, or you could skip the intro now, uh, but then the podcast will go from making barely any sense to a much less uh, sense. Uh, so kind of give the show a few tries. I mean, it's a free podcast. So see how it goes and see what works for you. But really, uh, the majority of listeners either listen as they're getting ready for bed or as they first get in bed. So it's just like a familiar friend. Uh, the, the regular listener, I would imagine, uh, you know, after they, you know, like I say You know, they say, oh, I can't wait to listen to that old Scoots. I don't know what he's going to talk about tonight. And I I probably won't know again later or tomorrow. He's going to start that intro. I know how the first few minutes go. And then I know I can start to relax or unwind or brush my teeth or brush my hair. Pet my pets uh, more than once on a regular basis. Holy cow. Uh, Pet those pets. Am I right, pets? Right. uh, Don't forget to to blow a kiss to your fishes, too. What up, fishes? It's been a little while since I said that to you. Oh, yeah, birds. Don't forget to put that thing over the uh, birdcage. Because if your birds like that, the uh, old sheet from uh, the twin bed. Uh, So all of those things you could do while listening to the intro. You know, some people listen to it to decompress during the day. But it's really just it's to help you unwind and get ready for bed. So the intro is 12 to 16 to 18 to 17 to 15 to 14 to 13 minutes or so. Uh, then there's some business. Then there's tonight will be like our season, a look back at uh, our season of Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. Uh, so that'll be fun. And uh, so that, let's see. So that's... Uh, Oh, yes. That's the structure. So there's thank yous at the end. And so, yeah, like I said, they can kind of throw people off. You don't really need to listen to this podcast. Like, it's almost like you're kind of almost passively consumed. It's like you kind of actively, you, you kind of barely actively listen until you're not listening anymore. Uh, I don't think there's anything acute about the podcast other than me trying to be acute uh, with my little jokes about like, uh, you know, uh, how great pets are and petting pets and saying how acute you look uh, like. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Pull pull that up. Go go ahead. Giggle. It's okay. Even cuter when we giggle. I think science even says that uh, giggling increases cuteness uh, by, uh, I'd say, probably 32%. So, yeah, and you don't have to actually really giggle. You could just, um, you know, imagine yourself giggling. Uh, that's what I do. And they say, well, how come you never laugh? I say, well, I laughed in my head. Uh, I'm giggling right now, totally. It isn't like, a, yeah, it's hilarious. You're, you're hilarious. I'm sorry. I'm really cracking up. I just don't, you know, like, uh, believe me, later I'll be laughing also in my mind. But, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, so science shows that that kind of thing still increases your cuteness 14%. According to my, a letter my mom put in my lunch uh, in fourth grade, at least, you know, which is kind of, you know, the yeah, so that was in my lunch. Uh, remember, son. Smiling increases cuteness by 14%, even if it's just smiling on the inside. Also, don't frown. Remember not to frown. Frowny face emoji. Before there was emojis, there was lunch notes with the uh, drawings. Uh, where was I? So, okay, so oh, don't need to listen to me. I think I made that clear. Uh, you can kind of listen, because I'm here to keep you company as you drift off. Uh there's also no pressure to fall asleep. The reason shows are about an hour because I put two shows out a week, eight shows plus a month, uh, have like plenty of shows in the archives. you so show, you have plenty of room to fall asleep or to keep you company. Like if you can't sleep, I'm here. I'm here for you. Believe me, I'm going to be here at minute 48, making just as little sense as I make right now. You know, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, uh, 'Cause I'm your boyfriend, I'm your boar bay, I'm your boar cuz, your boar sib, your boar bestie, your boar bruh, whatever whatever I can earn uh over time, if you're new. It, 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 just see how it goes. So let's see, you don't need to listen to me. Don't no pressure fall asleep. Uh ew, well, oh, why do I make the show? That's always good to cover. Well, I make the show because I, I've been there, tossing and turning. Uh, waking up, uh, miss you know, oh, oh, sleep remains a baffling thing for me, even though I do have a routine. I, oh, that's what I was joking about at the beginning of the show. You know, I have my bedtime routine and then I have my uh, morning routine, both of which ideally I kind of stick to. I have my daytime routine, too. What's my, bed? you know, my bedtime routine I've been doing, uh, you know, I try to do it every night. Not Maybe I'm not always consistent, uh, uh, but I usually like to sit outside and read for a little while. Maybe have that uh, Four Sigmatic cocoa cacao uh, and, and drink that and uh, have a nice beverage. Sometimes I, and sit quietly for a little while, like meditate, not quite meditate. But I just like to listen to the noise and feel the air and stuff like that. Then, in a perfect world, then I would roll out, like foam roll. That's my thing. I say, I'm going to foam roll till it feels good. I mean, which it hasn't. Uh, I mean, in in micro... You know, I micro... They say, you into micro-dosing scoots? I say, yeah, foam rolling. I micro-dose that. I say, this is all... This is like... A, the, this is the most... Uh, it's good things foam rolling doesn't sponsor this podcast because it's it's pretty. Uh, oh wait, we have a foam roller. But just just because I mean I do it like I do it in micro doses. Okay, let's do one uh, percent of my IT band. And uh, I I discovered this one thing I don't know what muscle it is. It's near my hip uh, and then it's attached to my leg. Whatever the upper part of your leg's called, I don't know what that's called. A drumstick or whatever. And I say, how'd you get so tender down there?" Like, I mean, not to mention all the other places. Uh, so then I foam roll, crack some jokes, talk to Koa who watches me and listens to me. And she says, you know, this is the only time I've heard those noises in this bedroom before. And that's what we always laugh. And I say, ha 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 Koa. Uh, we, and then, uh, but it, then we, uh, then I foam roll, then I finish that up, um, then I try to have a little more quiet time, collect my thoughts. Ideally, I would fit some journaling in there or something, but I have yet to do that uh, lately consistently. And then, is there anything else I do? Uh, you know, use the restroom, brush my teeth, floss, holy moly. Right, dentist? Of course. Uh, uh, like, uh, right, Dr.? Right. yeah, Oh, boy, do I floss. I do, actually. And then I read until, uh, hopefully, and hopefully I don't check my phone. I say, don't go on the internet, you know, don't check any of those places. Uh, and I say, well, let me just, you know, check the check the old, you know, and I say, no, please don't. So then I read, and then I hopefully, then... It sets the stage at least, Uh, but I guess if if one thing is, I guess for me, why does it have to be all or nothing? Then there's like nights where I'm like too tired and I say, you know, forget the whole routine. I'll just go straight to the book part uh, and hopefully that'll help when I kind of know, oh, having this routine kind of helps me uh, normally have a better chance of falling asleep. In hints, I went off topic and I thought I'd find some punchline for the, what I was joking about at the opening of the show. But, but in reality, it just points out what I really desire is if, if this podcast could be a part of your wind down and falling asleep routine and actually help you get to sleep you deserve, the sleep you need, the sleep you desire, it would be my honor. You know, especially nothing against foam rolling because it is supposedly really good for you. But, you know, if you if you say, well, you know what? I listen to Sleep With Me. It's like a foam rolling for my uh, it's a foam rolling for FOMO. Or, you know, maybe I'll think of something wittier in another time because everything else, you know, like a foam roll for my heart. It's like uh, that could be a good not a Hallmark card, but uh, your smile is a foam roll for my heart. Increases cuteness by twenty three percent. That's from Gingerbread Press uh, greeting cards. Uh, one day to be launched. Sleep with me, like a foam roll for your soul, or you know whatever you know. Alternatively, your sp- you know spirit, or, or alternatively, your 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 your, 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 your uh, sleep with me. We won't use those terms. Sleep with me, like a foam roll for your heart. Yeah, we should have stuck with that one. So I really hope I can be there for you. However you work show in your routine, it's kind of up to you. You kind of see how it goes. But as I always say, I'm glad you're here. I really, really do appreciate you giving me your time. And I strive and I, 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 and I really work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thanks again for coming by. And here's a couple of ways we keep this show free for everybody. All right, hey everybody! It's uh, Scoots, and it's time for our uh, recap, our look back at uh, what was this? What just happened? Oh, a season, a season of uh, Doctor Triangle and Isosceles. So we'll be just—I'll just be looking back at some of the creative process. Uh, I may pause this and go get some of my notes, or, or I might not. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but of course, before I get started talking about it, uh, one second. Uh, uh, so, uh so Ladies and gentlemen, the so boys and girls, the so friends beyond the binary, it's time for a recap episode. In a world without math, two heroes rise. This is the recap of the adventures of Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. Uh, thanks. That's Mr. Antonio Banderas uh, who'll be lying down and relaxing and unwinding and just just generally chilling in my bed, uh, which actually is like a, a like a, the bed frame's adjusted right now. So, oh, my friend, for me, uh, it was for somebody else, uh, but but uh, who was resting. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, But you can get comfortable in it and uh, just relax. And, and, yeah, it might might even help you uh, uh, stay quiet. Oh, you want to say? Yes, I'd like to uh, just thank Julie from uh, Radiotopia for introducing us to Colocou. It's an excellent game. And it's brought Schooner and I. uh, Much joy. Okay, thanks. And, yeah, check out uh, uh, all the amazing shows over at Radiotopia. Uh, that's what Antonio probably, com. hopefully that's right, uh, but just searching your podcast app, uh, you could start with Ear Hustle and then uh, go from there, uh, so you just search yeah, Ear Hustle in your podcast app of choice, podcast app of choice, and that's Mr. Antonio Banderas, who's gotten a lot of love over on Reddit, uh, so let's talk about this season of, uh, season ones are always, uh interesting for me, and a takeaway from a couple of things about the the show, and a couple of ponderings of the future, of how I make the show in the future, and even some listener comments that, that might have been kind of small, but that really resonated with me in a positive way, or aligned with what I was already thinking about. So let's see, So, where do we start? Let's start in the beginning. And I don't know if I've talked about this anywhere, like at the like ending of the, whatever. I'll just talk about it. So this is a concept that I've been waiting and trying to get to come together for a while. And it, it again, bloomed out of the podcast a long, long time ago. And I don't even know how many years. I, like just during an intro, I think it came up like I was talking or something came up about isosceles. And I was just doing an intro and I just liked how that sounded like isosceles. It reminded me of like I Claudius or I Robot. And I just liked the way that sounded. And then I think I went on a riff about it and then Dr. Triangle, like the idea of Dr. Triangle and isosceles came up. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then another point, I was editing episodes for like an all intro or all night episode that comes out on Patreon. And I heard it again, and I said, this was, again, years ago, too, maybe a a few less years ago. But I said, oh, yeah, I really liked, I wish I had a, those two should have their own series. Uh, What would it be? And, again, I said, okay, well, let's just park it in this part of my brain, of the future series part of my brain. And every once in a while, I'd be out walking the dog, and it would pop up, and I'd say, okay, well, what do we have, uh, explaining it could be a kid's show, explaining kids to math, uh, something like that. And I said, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. it maybe uh, maybe it should be more of a daytime show. Like, uh, And then I said, okay, well, I don't know. So then I had to let it go. And again, this is jumping back a few years. But someone had pointed out, I think, on Facebook of, like, uh, some similarities in the world between Station 11 and... Uh, And Station Eleven, just to explain it, it's a book, a novel. It came out in 2014, and it's by Emily St. John Mandel. And it's like a similar world. It's different, but I don't know. I read it. I think John August on Script Notes recommended it. Then I bought it, uh, and I read it, and I really enjoyed it. And I don't want to reveal anything about the book other than it's like in a similar postmodern world. But I really liked just the feel of it and the fact that this one took a place around the Great Lakes, I think, and it had some migration going on. Uh, but there was just something I, felt I liked about the feel of it. Uh, like, it, it also had this uh, more Middle Ages kind of reversion feel, where some dystopian stuff has a much—I I don't know. I just liked it, and then, I for, again, I forgot about it, but it was something I appreciated— uh, so it was just another thing tucked away in my mind. And then again, but I never, I, so at the time I didn't associate the two things. So let me say that. Like, I just appreciated greatly the style of, uh, station 11. And now I'm like, oh boy, I don't know if there was any, like what, what the next novel, uh, she wrote after that is, uh, even though I'm like double, double noveled right now, because, uh, it was like, uh, through one book uh, when my, like, I only had it checked out for three weeks from the library. So now I'm, like, uh, 40% through another book, and I have a hold on my original book waiting to get that back. So I'm, and I read very slowly. So I'm probably two or three months from being able to read anything new. But anyway, neither here nor there. So those were some disparate ideas in my mind. Or now, yeah, they were disparate at the time. So Two characters, Dr. Triangle and Isosceles, and just this world of Station Eleven of wagons. That was particularly the main thing that stuck out to me. And, you know, I don't know. So, and then with Dr. Triangle and Isosceles, even though it didn't do any story development, like, just those names have their own character development within them. And what I mean by that is, like, anyone named Isosceles... uh, He's going to be a little bit egocentric, or uh, I felt like, and then so, so just like has this thing of isosceles, and so and it makes it kind of fun. And then uh, Doctor Triangle is a little bit more has just an analytic feel, or maybe an anti-analytic feel. But anyone named Doctor Triangle, it's like brings up the questions: Are they really a Doctor? Are they named Dr. Triangle? Are they named the Doctor of Triangle? Uh, so so those are the ideas. And then again, it, like a lot of the, the series on the podcast, uh, stuff has to just sit, sit and stew, and then the story swamp bubbles stuff up. Uh, but before it does, it usually starts calling me back. So there's different times where I was like, oh, man, like, why, really, why haven't I been able to come up with the concept for that? We got the kind of title. And then this whole idea of us doing more procedural style shows has like kind of given me some creative focus in a different way. And then just like the scheduling, like I schedule stuff pretty far ahead of time, like even the production or the pre-production or the pre-pre-production, like in this case. So it was like already like, I think I'd looked at the schedule because it was like, Nuns in Space, I'm not positive this is how the schedule went over the last year, but, like, Nuns in Space, Holiday Series, Big Farm, Season 2 might have been the schedule over the past, like, 12 months or so. So it was like, okay, we need a new series. Uh, What do you think we're going to do? And then I was like, oh. And and then, again, I was like, well, it'd be fun. Really, like, there's something about that Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. And then in the idea – and I think this is where the procedural focus helps. It's like, oh, now I'm trying to write in a more – tell these stories in a more uh, episodic fashion uh, or, so they don't have to be procedural. But uh, that, uh, what works a lot of times in episodic stuff uh, is procedural, whether it's like uh, whatever the conceptual procedure is. Oh, what do I mean by procedural? That's a great question and a great chance for a tangent. A procedural – Traditionally would have been on like a TV show or like a big farm in the sky is a, a great example of a procedural. Okay. The case of the missing pennies, how are we going to find the pennies by the end of the episode? So the arc of the episode is, uh, getting, well, to the conclusion of the episode would be finding the pennies and uh, the procedure of them finding the pennies, uh, or like, I guess Good Place is kind of episodic, but usually each episode, I guess now that it's almost done, it's episode, It's not. Uh, but a lot of times the episodes were, sometimes the episodes were procedural in a different way. Usually it's hard to trust this stuff that the process works. And I talk about this every time, and it's like every time I have dra- d- doubt in the process, like, oh no, I'm not going to have a series uh, ready to go because I don't have any... In order to put out 100 episodes a year, it's just uh, like uh, it's a creative positive. But like it's like when the dead t- deadline comes up, it has it kind of has to be met. I mean, if I have personal take care, you know, self care reasons, it doesn't have to be met. But as far as like uh, professional doubt, like uh, like story doubt uh, or procrastination within the work, uh, it, it kind of does. And unless it's going to creatively suffer, but a lot of times it creatively benefits. Uh, so whatever, I was getting close to where I would have to, like, where it was still, like, at least I need a concept. And I don't know what triggered it. And maybe it was, like, uh, some of the general, like, stuff I think about outside of the podcast but I started at some point, got curious about this idea, and I, I don't, it must have popped into my head in some clear way. But I don't have a clear memory of when it happened. And it, it guess like, uh, like, uh, yeah, I don't want to get too into the weeds about uh, what I believe in personally or stuff. But it, like at some point, I thought about, like, what if people stopped believing in math? Like, a world without math—that would be like a place where Dr. Triangle and isosceles would be heroic. Uh, but then I was kind of like, well, why are they, they, they like, uh, then it, it was a little bit dissonant because I was like, uh, why are they named Dr. Triangle and isosceles, right? And so, you know, the, 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 so then I was like, huh, well, it's a great question. And then it's like, okay, why is there a world without math? Uh, and then that became fun. Like, the next, uh, the ideas, and I mean, again, like I talk about in the podcast, like, these Marvel movies, like, when you think about gods and goddesses and stuff, I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's not that much of a, um, it's not a big of a ask of suspension of disbelief, I think, like, to so think about gods and goddesses. So, so then I started to think, of, like, then I researched gods and goddesses of, like, who would be the goddess or the god that would be anti-math? What goddess or god might represent math? And that's when I kind of stumbled upon Sashat and Discordia. And then I kind of liked that feel, like uh, one is trying to restore math in the world, and one is taking it away. And then that would help with uh, the explanation that, like, not only was it like that, people stopped believing in math and respecting math and living in, by math-based principles. Uh, But that also, there was, like, uh, other greater forces at work. Um, So then I said, okay, so this is, that's, like, the, like, no, I guess, so I said, that's a world. uh, And then I, then it's, like, I said, okay, and then Discordia, she's the goddess of math. And I said, okay, how did Dr. Triangle and Isosceles play into this? Because I didn't, I don't, just don't like it when it goes straightforward, right? Because I said, okay, like, uh. If they were lovers of math, that would kind of be too convenient for me. I I don't know. And it wouldn't, it just would take away a little bit of the, um, of whatever, their journey or their motivations. It would be too too simple for my opinion. So I said, well, why the heck would they be, if if they're not math lovers, why the heck are they Dr. Triangle and Isosceles? And then this is where Station Eleven came in because I think in Station Eleven they were performers too. And I said, "Oh, okay. What if?" Uh, and then at some point it just kind of made it clicked with the, the the influence of that and this sort of like, uh, "Okay, yeah, what if they're traveling mass par like they have a mass parody act like so we live in this world or we used to live in this world where people slowly." became divided on math. Like, oh, well, you know, math's not real or whatever. Or I don't use math anymore. Like, And then also, at some point, Discordia got involved and erased math. But there was already, like, a cultural movement of, uh, like, whether Discordia caused that or human beings caused that, I can't answer because I wasn't there. Or maybe it's both. Uh, And then Discordia actually actively it started to de- 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 diteror- deteriorate the ability of math to function in the world. And so I said, oh, okay, well that would kind of make sense. You'd be, those are very, uh, like showy names anyway, Dr. Triangle and isosceles. Uh, maybe they've made their living doing math parody, like, uh, or let's look at the, the reverse side of it. Like, right. Like there's people that love science, like, uh, uh, Allie Ward, uh, Bill Nye, used to be Mr. Wizard. And they, I mean, they're more fact-based performers, and, but they're still performers, like, uh, doing shows or doing, per- like, uh, entertainment and science-based entertainment. So Dr. Triangle and Isosceles are kind of the exact opposite of that. Uh, they're the, the, the un- uh, uh, Bill Nye and Ali Ward, uh, like uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Like uh, they're the inverse in reverse. You know what I mean? Like uh, they're going around making fun of people. It would almost be like yeah, if there was a like I wouldn't like that. Uh, Say, well, I'm I'm am Sam Sam Fry Man again. No need for science, uh, or whatever you, you know. Or they would do like a parody of Bill Nye. Uh, maybe that's what the absent mind is. Was the absent minded a professor like anti-science? No, no. I mean, they're not really anti-math. They're capitalizing on anti-math sentiment. So, uh, so the so this is where stuff started to come together. So, oh, okay, so I'm getting an idea of who they are. The world they live in is like this postmodern world. That's not. That's not a. It's not a flashy kind of dystopian, more of a, just a Middle Ages dystopia. And it's not we're not in total wreckage because it's not like there was any one incident. It was just, a, it's a point, everything that relied on math either doesn't function at all or barely functions. So those are just things, and then it led into this idea of like, uh, okay, well, how is this a procedural then, or how is this episodic? Because uh, I can see an overall story arc, right? Who's going to win, Discordia or Sashat? Uh, what, part, what part do Dr. Triangle and isosceles play? What are their wants and, and needs and desires what are they afraid of? Like, what are they good at? Uh, how do they relate to se- – how do they get involved uh, with this overarching story of uh, math versus unmath or chaos, actually? I mean, Discordia is basically uh, – so So, so that was kind of the overall of like, okay, so what is a procedure? And then I thought, this is where it's nice to have creative constraints because I said, oh, this will be nice. It won't be a world – I mean, because that really is like, especially in the time constraints I have, to imagine a world without math, uh, that takes a lot of research because, it, you know, I, like once you start to say there's zero math, uh, you know, people say, well, we just, uh, that's not a workable, it's not a workable environment for, uh, living, breathing characters. So then I started to think about this world with reduced or no math, uh, and then it kind of jumped back to the original thoughts I had with the characters. Was like, okay, I did want when I saw Doctor Triangle and Isosceles earlier, I said, okay, I want them to be evolved in the actual specifics of math somehow. And originally, I, like when I was first thinking of it, I said, oh, well, they'll teach kids math, like that'd be fun. Uh, but they obviously didn't pan out. But then I said, oh, okay. So that's like the procedural part is like each episode's this mystery for them of restoring one missing math principle uh, to the the area and stuff. So then I said, okay, that's the procedural part. And then that gives me like a starting point for each episode. Because another hard thing, whether it's a serialized story for me, especially with a 10-day writing process, is – Like, where's the start? Where does each episode start? Especially if it's not a serialized story where it's like sometimes a serialized story in that sense is easier because it's like, okay, you get to you start. You go, you start at the beginning. Then, you know, the ending. Then you figure out how many episodes do we have. Like, this would be how like I don't think I always wrote like this would be how I would write a serialized uh, sleep with me thing if I had tons of time. It then I would you know start beginning and end the characters, and then how do they get from the beginning to end? How many episodes do we have? What other are the major points? Uh, so that that's. Uh, but with a procedural, what's nice is that each episode's kind of a fresh start, right? I mean, these are all serialized in some way. Just because that's just I don't know, I, uh, like they're just uh, they're serialized in bites or why I say modular is there might be a little bit serialized, but you can listen to them in any order. Okay. So where was, so, okay. So the nice thing about procedural, then it was like, okay, well then I'll pick a math principle and maybe I could help. That'll help me find The theme of the episode, the conflict, uh, not just in the missing principle, but that's like, helps me have my own writing conflict. Right. Like, uh, not only are you trying to make the characters have conflict or whatever barriers or challenges, uh, but it's like, helps me be like, what am I going to try to write about or figure out? Like, what is this puzzle that I'm trying to figure out or build? And so it'd be like, oh, if there's no uh, whisker and box plots, what is a whisker and box plot? That would be my first day of writing. I would pick a principle, ran, try it mostly randomly or by, by the sound of it off of, like, this Common Core website I found. And then I would say, okay, whisper and box plots or whatever the other principles in that episode were. And i say, okay, that's interesting. What are those things? Okay, how would that manifest? If you couldn't use this principle, what would that do to a community? Okay, well, what community would be most uh, interesting to have that math principle taken away from Okay, then how is that community, how is this missing principle impacting this community, having a broader importance on, like, society at large or humanity that would make it important? Like, how is that an impact that's going to be important for Dr. Triangle and Isosceles to restore? And then how is it kind of mysterious? Because like, uh, otherwise people would be like, uh, how is it not, like, apparent immediately that it's a missing principle, that, like, there probably were some towns in between episodes where Dr. Triangle and isosceles just walked into the town and they said, oh, addition, this is addition. Like, they didn't even need to do anything. Like, maybe they had a one-second conversation. Like, it was just so obvious. They said, uh, oh, this one is uh, XY axis uh, or, G-, you know, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, but so like the particular stories of their overall story that I was going to tell, you know, they have to be interesting enough to put you to sleep. And it also made it interesting to me. I mean, I guess I did not have really enough time like to really learn the principles. So it was like cursory one, sometimes two day. And I mean, because I only I, here's the thing, I have like 25 minutes set aside a day over 10 days to write the episodes. And sometimes that'll get stretched to two weeks. But then if it gets stretched to two weeks too many times, then I have to, like, uh, figure out, like, bumping episodes so I have enough time to get everything produced. Uh, But so, like, uh, yeah, like, I would have, like, one 25-minute or two some days to just be like, okay, what is this math principle It also made it fun because it was, like, unpredictable, right? Like, if I'm too much in control, then having a variable to work with that I don't necessarily understand or whatever, it helps. It also helps, like, in a mysterious way that the plot of the episode or the theme of the episode can come out of that. Uh, Because it's, like, trying to figure out this puzzle, be like, okay, which go—okay, why— all right, well, we're in a—so, okay, let's see. What do we know so far? So we have Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. How's this problem interesting for them to solve? And it's a medieval world, so, okay, what do we need? What do you need in a medieval world? What would a goddess uh, that's pro-math and seemingly pro-humanity, what would she want Uh Okay, well, okay, you need food, you need water, you need heat. You you know, trying to look at the hierarchy of needs a little bit too. I think at one point there was even one episode I was like using the hierarchy of needs and some other thing. I can't even remember if that guy, I don't know. I I mean, again, because I was doing a lot of recording over the summer. And now that I'm recording this, it's like October or like September, the end of September. And then when this comes out, it'll be... Whatever, like, uh, late October or probably, like, when you hear this, will be, like, uh, before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, so about two months from now. So, hey, what's up? How's the future? Pretty sweet, huh? So, okay, so so I'd pick this math principle, and then I'd try to work it into the episode. And then, now, this was one where stuff changed. So the first episode, and this will go into, like, some things that I wasn't totally feeling, like, worked and... You know, part of the process of the processes I've learned over making this podcast. But you might have noticed, like, so the first episode, I think it was a like a like an independent narrator, and I just didn't feel like that worked. Like I was like, okay, like, uh, and a lot of times I have to make the episodes, uh, which we'll go back into, but like in order to figure out what's going to work or not work. But I don't have the luxury of. uh making test episodes, it's just like, uh, not in the workflow of the podcast. Uh, So then, um, like, so, um, what was going to say? I forgot already. Okay. So not making test. uh, Oh, so, oh, so the narrator. So then when it came time to the second episode, I think the mule was, the eight of the mule was already in the first episode, and I had a feeling she was going to, I mean, I named her Ada for after Ada Lovelace. But so, like, she was a character, like, I had a feeling she would play a role, but I didn't realize that. It's like, okay, it, it, as I was feeling out the story, it felt like I wanted a little bit more of like, like, okay, well, here's a couple things. Like, uh, w- w- especially after the first episode, I get a sense of how the dialogue is going to go. And I've been playing more and more with this of, like, uh, trying to keep the dialogue in a limited number of voices, not only because it's more sleepy, but it's just uh, a good kind of limit, I think. Uh, I don't know. I think it just, like, it keeps it within a sleep podcast context. But also, like, I'm just not a voice actor, so trying to do, like, 30 different voices is not only not necessarily conducive to sleeping, it's just not my, like, uh, forte, I guess, or just not my preference. So just like in um, Big Farm in the Sky, P.I., that uh, G and D.K. didn't really have, their, like, their voice was Sir Simon, I was like, okay, well, I want Dr. Triangle and Isaselis to have their own voices. But I don't know about all these other, like I said, this is really going to be like this village type situation where they're going to these village squares and they're interacting with a lot, a lot of people. And so I said, okay, I'm not sure this is good. Like, how are we going to voice this? And I said, okay, well, Ada can do that, uh, Also, like, maybe some of their performances are going to be dramatic, so then Ada could fill us in. I don't know, and I just felt like Ada was a more capable narrator than I was. So that's how Ada became narrator. Probably some other thoughts about it. I mean, I guess this gets into my, like, uh, and again, this isn't a big deal. It's just like, and part of the nice thing about doing these recaps is that I get to look back uh, in an active way. Uh, but there were some things that I wasn't exactly happy about. I think, like, uh, again, uh, the result-wise, uh, uh, I've gotten a ton of feedback that this was a very sleepy podcast. Uh, and uh, so that, that, that even on repeat, uh, the episodes are very sleepy. So I think from, like, putting people's sleep perspective, the episodes were a very strong success. Uh, And then I think that a part of that was like the density of the math, the ability. Okay, I guess let's talk about this instead of regrets. Uh, Why was it? Why were these episodes? I mean, one thing is I think I'm getting more and more experience at making these shows. And so a lot of our series, especially all of you lovely regular listeners and new listeners, you say, Jesus, one can't even get through these episodes. So like I want to listen and I can't. And that's great. And then the listeners that normally don't sleep to the episodes give me feedback on them, and they say, "Geez, I enjoyed it in this way and this way." So it met both those. And I think one is like the theme of math, uh, the resonance of like uh, one. It wasn't like a like a like a hard dystopia, right? It was like this uh, softer, more almost organic dystopia like more of a reversion. It, well, I guess it wasn't even a dystopia. It was like a, re, a societal reversion. And it, it wasn't like any of this, like just our way of living was met upheaval, but not really so much how we treated one another, uh, though, you know, there were contrasting, you know, ways of governing and uh, treating people in belief systems and stuff. And so I think like the ability of uh, the math uh, to enable that and to enable like uh A lot of the episodes to have strong uh, connection to their concept, and then finding a theme that resonated uh, was good. I also think that I just forgot the other point I was going to make because then I got distracted. Another fun thing that I didn't expect when I was first, after I first started making the first episode or maybe it was the second episode, was like, okay, well, how are they going to, if this is all some sort of mysticism, too, or whatever superpower, I mean, whatever goddess powers, uh, how are the, these two humans going to restore these math principles? And then also, like, uh, I guess I haven't done it. Like, at some point, I was like, oh, this could open opportunity for big boss battles, uh, and that'll be fun. Like, uh, that, a lot of the episodes could culminate Because they said, well, it shouldn't be easy. Like, I do not not want it to be, even though people are sleeping, I don't want it to be easy for Dr. Triangle and Isosceles to solve these things. Uh, Because paradoxically, then it'll be actually too boring and it won't be as sleepy. Like, uh, I think there has to be some, like, uh, even though the kind of narrative cohesion of sleep with me is like kind of wadded up, uh, what is that, masking tape. It still has a cohesion. It's just a wadded up kind of cohesion. Instead of putting the masking tape like straight on the walls, right, or wherever you put put, put masking tape. And so, I don't know. Oh, so the the ability for the mass principle and the procedural to do that worked. uh, But I I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the big boss battles. I think that was just fun. Uh, For me, like I think I did one or two or maybe just one in uh, the last holiday season one. And and that kind of like I said, oh, I like this. Uh, It gives me a chance to play with uh, like this different idea and something from video games. Uh, So that was fun. What are the reasons? Was it super sleepy? That's what I was trying to talk about. I think there was one or two. Oh, the idea that they were performers, I think, added this extra ability uh, to to kind of I don't know if the right word is to, like tangentialize, uh, but to break the rules of traditional storytelling when you have to be interesting is like when they're making plays. And a lot of times they're having to make the plays up on the spot to, to meet the, their needs to solving uh, the mystery. Uh, that enables like uh, really tons of things like not only t- to get to know the characters better, which actually didn't work out the way I thought it would but enable like really boring like the times when I could really put people to sleep, really dense stuff uh, for people to make monologues or expo- expo- you know expository type speeches. I mean and when I say what I didn't think would work it was like I did kind of, and this will go into what didn't work. like I did kind of view going into making the series, I viewed isosceles as a much more dominant uh, character and blowhard, and full of ego, and more jerky. Uh, but as I kind of formulated it, like as I started making it and writing it, uh, I don't know, I, I kind of just, die. I, I, for some reason, sometimes I like stuff on the extremes, but both these characters, I kind of try to bring them more into the grays. Uh, and even like st- parts where I would, I mean, uh, Isosceles definitely hammed it up, but not to the degree like I actually, as I know the, like it was almost like it was a re- little bit more restrained than I expected. And that was just the ability for working with the character and being like the character saying, no, I don't feel like going to that. Like uh, it just, it, it just isn't fitting within the tone. Like when the story talks back to me like that. Or maybe it's part of making it. It's like saying, oh, okay, I'm hearing you or I'm hearing myself you know, as I'm writing it. Uh, and that's not working. So let's try it in this more reserved way. At the same time, that was a little bit of an internal internal conflict. Uh, and I think it also created a, like a, it did create – so there is this difficulty with the first seasons, which is why a lot of these shows always get a second season – it's because the first season really is f- feeling out the concept and getting to know the characters. And this one, I kind of feel like uh, they were just barely getting aired out. Right. Like, uh, and it was a shorter 10 episode just cause I was looking at the release schedule and I said, okay, well this is what we have time for as far as before the holidays. Uh, as I was looking at when we would have releases of episodes like, uh, this spring when I was planning it out or whatever. So, I don't know, like, sometimes that can be a little bit disappointing to me is, like, wanting, like, and again, this is something everybody talks about. Ira is a great example of, like, how you see a project and how you would like it to be and then how your creation of it uh, is. But it's still, like I said, okay, it met all those things. Uh, And I guess I've learned... But here's the so we'll go into a new phase of learning though, which is exciting, an exciting possibility I guess. Yeah, but it was like uh, that. Uh, okay, like yeah, this is how your first seasons kind of go because you don't have the luxury of like world, like doing a complete world build or a complete character. It's like you you you've just get the work has to be done. But that's what's nice about these second seasons is like nuns in space. It's like able to get to know the loving relationship between Stan and scooter or uh big farm in the sky season two of like seeing uh g and d k uh, grow and solve their cases uh it's just exciting for me like to see them grow like i don't know to see the characters be more developed uh within this con context uh now, that being said, I just felt like one, I felt like because I hadn't, I feel like one lesson I learned that can be changed is that giving first season character voices is something I maybe need to do a little bit different from now on. Because one thing is that I felt like a little bit tropey, even though the characters as I viewed them. And especially Dr. Triangle is that I wanted Dr. Triangle to be very open to the audience, uh, creating their own version of Dr. Triangle in their minds. Uh, So Dr. Triangle, I think, had a bit more ability, uh, not that the audience had to relate to Dr. Triangle isosceles or Ada, but that I, I just wanted Dr. Triangle to be a little bit more, I know who Dr. Triangle is. But I also wanted the listeners, as with all the characters, but a little bit more with Dr. Triangle to kind of uh, be able to imagine their own version or whatever. I don't don't know if you know what I mean. And then Isosceles, too, but Isosceles is a little bit more of like uh, just a slightly more uh, center stage type personality. What does that have to do with things? I guess just like... uh, Oh, what do I learn? So I guess moving forward, like the show is not in a position yet, like with our Patreon, for me to be able to like put out Patreon-exclusive episodes. But it is like, I think we're probably like a thousand patrons away from being able to do that like once a month. So that's a pretty big gap. But I did think about like, okay, it's going to be a little while uh, till I do another new season, because it's like I have the holiday series planned, and then the the next season, uh, will probably be. It's not a hundred percent locked because I got to do the holiday series. Uh, but I have a feeling of what our series will be to start out 2018. It'll be a, a new like a re like a a return to two characters. Um, so we'll see about that. But, but, so, oh, the one thing, so I think because I didn't, like, I don't have a whole season. I think I need more time before the first episode of a new series to develop the character voices. The actual voicing of them and the intonations and just the their, their way they dialogue. Uh, because I did feel like it, they kind of fell into this, like, tonally you a bit like your uh, I mean, uh, uh JC, James Cash and Richard Warren Sears, which was kind of almost unintentional because the characters are Dr. Triangle and James Cash Benny are, are similar only in that they're both kind of competent characters. Uh, and I guess they do have some vices that are driven by a uh, different vices, but, uh, And then Richard Warren Sears and uh, Isosceles are kind of similar, but Richard Warren Sears is a much more extreme version and much more uh, less, like uh, Isosceles is just really a family-based person in their deepest motivations and then wanting to be center stage. Uh, So I don't know. I may try to figure out something. I mean, this would be not until like spring of 2020, uh, to to figure out, like, oh, with our next new series, is there a way to put out mini-sodes for patrons, like, uh, at a certain tier, uh, like, to start working with the character voices, and do we have time for that in edi- editing budget? So it's just something I thought about of, like, and it was literally just, like, two days ago when I was walking the dog, and I was thinking about recording this. I said, well, I don't know, I'm just a little displeased, to, to like, uh, not with the characters of who they were or who I felt they were when I was speaking as them, but of actually the voices I was giving to them, it felt a little short. It, it just in my, it, not a big deal. I'm not, this isn't like a super big criticism of myself or anything, but just something I could do a little bit better out of respect for the characters to be in all honesty, because uh, once they're developed in a sense, then it's like a, uh, it is my job uh, to live up to their standards or something, right? It's like, uh, particularly when I'm trying to do something a little bit more open where listeners could identify in their own ways with the characters or they don't have to. I mean, this is just always an experiment for me too. So, I don't know. So that's one thing I probably will do differently uh, but also, I guess, you, well, here's another thing that I didn't think of until I was already recording. This was like uh, maybe I made a mistake uh, in the scheduling, too, because I, what I did was like I had uh, we did the Nuns in Space and then the, the new series was just the holiday series. And then we went back to a, a season two. Uh, so looking back, it's like maybe those muscles kind of have to be stretched for a longer period each year. Cause it's like, well, that's a pretty long time between, but it was like, once I had the concept for, uh, Big Farm in the Sky season two, I kind of wanted to jump on it for, I don't know. I, just because I, I did, I was excited about it and I was excited to get back to those characters. So again, I think like, uh, planning 2020 out, uh, which is wild, it probably would be like, uh, a, a shortener, a t- 10, 10 episode season of like, uh of what we're going to do and then making sure I have that 10, 10 episode span for something new, which I have no idea at this point, but um, you know, it's not a big deal. It'll, it'll, it'll all come out. Uh, so I don't know. I think that's like a couple of things. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. I hope you enjoy these or they're not super navel gazing or self-indulgent. Uh, but I mean, as we've tested out these recap ones or look back ones I know it resonates with people like knowing that it's like this struggle making stuff, but it's always a struggle that uh, has hope in it and fun in it. To, that's like oh, we get to I get to solve these problems within the context of making this show. It's one of the reasons why I love making it. Uh, I mean, the main reason being it puts you to sleep, which is like it makes it even cooler because then that's a par- paradox, which uh, is awesome. Uh, And just I don't know how I get to develop this closeness with these characters or play with like, oh, this didn't or that it's also okay that it doesn't always work all the time how we want it or be perfect. And then it's still is like really effective. And I don't don't know, like it's like whatever you're making, maybe like it doesn't have to be perfect or it doesn't have to come out great uh, or uh, it's all part of the process. Right. So I guess that's it. I'm trying to think of anything else with this I I didn't really learn anything about math. It uh, was too much uh, new other than, I guess, if you eat a pie with, uh, like, uh, some sort of high-powered pie, you know, infinite pie in there, you know. So, the, oh, and, like, uh, to explain where things left off, basically, it's shot and uh, Discordia ingested so much of infinity that uh it but like they spread spread their pieces across the world and dr triangle and i i guess in some sense they were granted some sort of infinity i guess not in a great way like they have to pretty much uh spend the rest of their or, or eternity like wandering in in finding those pieces uh so it did kind of set up a next season for them uh just because it, it it just all fell into place. Um, uh, but the main thing is I appreciate you falling asleep or listening to this podcast or being there, and I'm glad I can be there for you because it's important. Your rest and your comfort's important. Uh, good night.